plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier, and once again, I'm joined by Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter, at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Excellent as always. How are you doing? Doing well. So yesterday, we reviewed some of the offensive notes from the team's win over the Colts. Today, we're going to talk about the defense, and of course, we're going to talk about Jalen Smith. And I might even eat a little bit of crow on Jalen Smith, but we'll see. Um, I, I know, shocking, right? I, I might actually admit that I'm wrong. It's, it's kind of crazy, but <laughs> that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here, buddy. Yeah, you're here to, to level me out. But uh, before we do that, let's talk about some some practice notes over the last couple of days. We'll start off with Chaz Green. He left practice on Tuesday night with an apparent leg injury. Um, we just found out that it was a cramp and he's fine and people are freaking out over Jalen Smith. Uh, are we still the only two people left on the planet that like Chaz Green? I don't know, man, but I, I, you know, it's gotten ridiculous. Like people were writing the dude's obituary when he limped off the field today. Like it was like he had to be carted off the field and you know, I just feel like that people get these early takes on people and then they hold on to them so tightly that it's more important that their original take was right than, you know, being correct about the player. I don't know anything I mean, look, about that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I was, I certainly wasn't, you know, in there, buddy. But, uh, uh, no, I, I, look, I think, I think that, you know, look, there, and I was just mentioned this before we got on. There's not a ton of talented. There's not a, 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 enough. Let's put it that way. There's not enough talented offensive line for this offensive lineman for this league. Um, and I think Chaz Green is a guy who has enough talent to play in this for sure. I mean, you know, everyone wants to complain about how much time he's missed, but for a guy who's missed so much time, he's pretty talented. I mean, you know, think about all the practice reps that he's missed and all the, you know, all the extended work and, and technique, uh, you know, adjustments he missed over this time. And he's still really good every single time we put him out there. Now, maybe not perfect. I mean, I think, you know, we talked about some of the penalties he had. I think a lot of the stuff, that stuff has to do with the fact that these are his first snaps. Like, you know, he's, he's only taken X amount of snaps in the last two years. So, I don't know. I, I think that people and that's why i didn't really want to comment on it because i want to see exactly you know what <laughs> quote unquote injury is and in this case it was cramps uh, i wanted to see what his injury was before maybe you know getting frustrated with the guy now i can get behind the whole idea of them wanting to go ahead and and, and put jonathan cooper at left guard even though i think Chaz green is in my mind clearly more talented player than than jonathan cooper because I understand the idea that the difference between Jonathan Cooper and Chaz Green is probably not great enough 
to overcome the availability of Jonathan Cooper over Chaz Green. And I also understand that Chaz Green has a good fit as a solution as the swing tackle on this team. So, But I don't think that we need to – I think people are being upset with the team for continuing to allow Chaz Green opportunities to take that left guard position. I don't think that's unfair because I think Chaz Green is a more talented player than Jonathan Cooper, and he should be given every opportunity to be one of the starting five. So would you agree that when – Chaz Green's on the field. He's at the very least an average player, right? At the very I think, least? I, yeah. Absolutely. Here's, I think go ahead. he's way above average backup for sure. Here's the thing. There's not five average offense alignment per team in the NFL. So Dallas has more than it, – it pays off well for them to be patient because there's just not – like you said, there's just not that many talented offense alignment in the league. And if this guy can be – it, just an average guard. I mean, heck, that's what Ronald Leary was. I, I, I mean, I know you're a bigger Ronald Leary fan than I am, but even an average left guard on this team is fine. They don't need to find another Pro Bowl guard. They just need an average guy. So they're trying to be patient, yeah. and they're trying to find their best five. I, Like you said, I, I've got to believe that Cooper is probably going to be the starter in week one. I thought he played pretty well uh, against the Colts, but – that's, I thought that was the best he's looked, period, so far. So that's a good sign that he's increasing. He's getting better. So, And if it makes you feel better, Pro Football Focus agreed with you. He was the highest-rated oh, left guard of the season. Yeah, I know. Just wanted no, to throw that, that in. There. All right. So a couple other notes from practice. Uh, Chidobi Ouzier, Jordan Lewis, Ryan Switzer, Tyrone Crawford, Rico Gathers, and Leon McFadden have all missed the last two days of practice. Uh, I don't expect any of those guys to play on Saturday. Sounds like Switzer may be closer than Jordan Lewis. Awuzie will probably be back next week. You probably won't see Tyrone Crawford the rest of the preseason, and we'll see on Rico Gathers. But that's kind of summing up practice. Uh, not too much happened today. Cooper Rush got some second-team snaps. Uh, nothing else super noteworthy. Let's dive right into our observations from the Cowboys' defense on Saturday night. And let's go ahead and start with Jalen Smith. I'll let you go first. <laughs> What were your thoughts well, on watching Jalen in his first game? Well, I mean, first of all, I think we need to make clear to our our viewers uh, the stance that I mean, I mean, Marcus and I have been going uh, back and forth, and, and, and if, the, the problem is we've been going back and forth in front of all of our buddies too. Like, so <laughs> we are deeply invested in this at this point on you know the the the, the likelihood of Jalen Smith. You know, that's, I think this is part of the problem is that we don't really define what the date is between us sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, whether Jalen will ever play again or whether Jalen will ever be good again and what is good and you know and all that. So, but I, the, the the gist of the, the debate is that you were on the side that you didn't think he would ever be the same player that he was and maybe a little bit worse than that at some points. And I was of the play the, the thought that I thought he was going to definitely play again and could potentially be the same guy that was, or at least close to the same guy that was at, at some point. And right now we have, I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I could, I could you know, claim victory here, but I think that that's what's going on here. I think what's going on here is somewhere maybe right down the middle, maybe closer, a little bit closer to my side, but not a ton closer. I just think that I think where we are now is that we've continued to see progress he's taken steps i think there's been no setback if, if anything there has been exceeding steps you know to, you know going past where he thought he would be so uh, if anything he's ahead of schedule in, in some ways um 
even even in spite of the fact that the team is being extremely cautious with him. Um, so I think you know what you guys saw on Saturday was a lot of basically what I had been seeing all throughout uh, training camp. Uh, him working towards and 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 it was one of those things where the only thing I can kind of describe it uh, you know compared to was like Dak it was like every single day you saw that from a certain every single day you saw him, he got noticeably better and that's that's all you can hope for for a guy like that so really it's about seeing where he goes from here right and I'll be the first one to admit I, I mean even just maybe a month ago maybe a little bit more than a month ago. Um, I was pessimistic that Jalen would ever get into a game this season. I, I just, when the report came out that he was still potentially nine months to a year away from being close to a hundred percent or a hundred percent, that kind of told me, I'm just not sure that a guy playing at 85, 90% is going to be able to be good enough to play in today's NFL. But, uh, you know, he's clearly progressed a ton in the last month. Uh, Jerry Jones, I believe it was Monday, said that he's close to 90%, or he was at 90% um, at the beginning of the camp. I Listen, he, he surprised me in so many different ways. Uh, I thought he was okay on Saturday. You can clearly see that he's rusty, and, and that's more of it than I think than the injury. It's just that... He hasn't no, been on mental he, processing. Yeah, he hasn't it's been on the field since like six yeah. in six hundred days. So it's yeah. going to take him a while, not only to get back used to playing football, but also and we gotta realize he's really kind of a rookie. I mean he's not used to the speed yeah. of the NFL yet, and they threw him in there against a first team offense, and I mean I thought he held up okay. I didn't think he was fantastic, but it was better than I thought. I, I think the key thing to remember here is that Especially with this Deacon dying defense they run, that he's going to be able to have a role. That, that allows him to get on the field okay, while he, even if he isn't the starter, which I, I don't, I, I don't think he will. No, I mean unless he, unless he, you know, really starts, and and that has everything to do with how good Anthony Hitchens has been this training camp. And frankly, if you want to get into that, Anthony Hitchens to me has maybe been the defensive most approved player uh, on that side. I mean, if you want to take Jalen Smith out of there, just because of you know circumstance. But as far as just a healthy player who advanced from one player to here to the next, Anthony Hitchens has been fantastic. Yes, and so and so, uh, I mean, I think that that's really what will be Jalen Smith's next hurdle is that he has to beat out a, a better than above average middle linebacker at this point. I mean, if we're if it, if what we've seen in camp and in games is any indication of what of what Hitchens would be like as a middle linebacker week one. I, Jalen just ways to go, and, and it has nothing to do with his health. You know, it's got everything to do with how Anthony Hitchens is playing, and he's not going to just give up that job. He's, he's trying to make himself some money. Yeah, Hitchens is one of the guys that I have been campaigning for all offseason, and I would pay him right now. I think he's a free agent after this season. I would pay him because that's a valuable guy to have on your roster, not only because he's a above-average middle linebacker, but he also has that position flex where you can play him at will, you can play him at Sam, and I just think he's a fantastic guy to have on your team as your second or third linebacker. So, let's be, yeah, go ahead. Crazy, he'd be crazy too. Uh, oh, oh I agree, but, but 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 I I agree with your point. Yeah, if, if I'm Stephen Jones and Will McClay, I'm trying to lock up that guy before he plays more snaps this season. So, um, we'll sense. see. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Let's talk about the Cowboys' uh, defensive line for a second. Let's talk about Taco Charlton. Didn't record a sack, but I think he's clearly getting better each week. What'd you see? Yeah, I mean, listen, 
I think a lot of people, uh, you know, and again, to kind of fill in history here, I know a lot of people know that I was, ups- you know, upset with the at first just because I wanted T.J. Watt or, or someone with a little bit more athletic profile with, with some explosion. But I think I, that doesn't mean that I hate Taco Charlton. And I think what we're – I think Taco Charlton is is that you drafted a guy who eventually um, – a great technician pass rusher. But he, but he's not a technician yet. He needs to learn his tool set. But I, think, you know, he doesn't have the athletic necessarily the athletic traits like explosive traits all the time in order to win as a speed rusher right away. But what he does have is the, the right kind of traits and the mentality and the body to be the kind of guy who wins with a lot of savvy and experience. And, and he's a rookie, so he doesn't have any savvy or experience. So mm-hmm. I, I think you know I think he's going to get some quality snaps moved around in different spots. But at this point, I think what you should be looking for for, ta- for Taco is is he improving? Is he getting more consistent? Is he giving you quality snaps consistently more consistently week to week and i think that was the same thing with charles Tapper too and a lot of other guys is are they getting better week to week if they stop getting better yeah so i i totally agree on taco um i'm a bigger taco fan than you are um yeah and i think that's a lot all right so let's back up for a second i think that people believe that rob marinelli wants these bendy speed rushers from the outside but when you look back at the guys that the Cowboys have had over the last four seasons with Marinelli as their defensive coordinator they really haven't had many of those guys maybe they're just not available or maybe Marinelli has switched up his philosophy a little bit and wants more of these uh, bigger athletic guys that can play a bunch of different positions and that's kind of what I saw with Taco no he's not the perfect right defensive end but he can play a bunch of different roles, and I think he's got enough athletic ability that he can be molded into a really good number two pass rusher. Um, well, I think they're they're combining what we do and with what New England does. Yes, because I think I mean I think you're completely right. I think I think that at this point, it's not that they don't want those guys, but they've come to the realization, and just like New England, that if you're going to be a good team year in year out. You're not getting those guys. You're not ever gonna sniff uh, a Miles Garrett or a you know let's let's give like a, a, a clean off the field Randy Gregory. Like you're never gonna sniff those guys because they're all gonna be gone in the top fifteen because of their value. So I think what's what, what we're seeing, and I think you you nailed it, is that I don't think it's because he prefers this, but I think it's out of necessity that these guys are starting. And this might be a, a little bit more of the influence of Ebro. We're starting to to feed into what's going on in the defensive scheming, but I, I think what they're starting to do is starting to realize that they need more versatility with these guys so that they can play matchups and then try to just play coverage on the back end and tackle because they're not gonna get the, the they're not gonna be able to draft that twelve sack guy that is gonna come out of college like Joey Bosa and you know. I'm, but I'm using Joey Bosa mm-hmm. as an example, but as a guy, I mean, I'm going to tear, tear, tear the world apart. It's just it's not going to happen where they are. So they're having to adjust the strategy of player acquisition to what they can possibly get their hands on. And one more point on Taco, just kind of hold defensive line in general. But um, I'm working on a piece right now. Everybody knows that I've been kind of working on these box stats for running backs, charting how many defenders in the box. Well, recently I've been working on – Defenses. How many? How often do defenses put seven and eight guys in the box? And I've kind of figured out recently that Marinelli is one of typically has one of the lightest boxes in the NFL. Um, and before his philosophy for run defense was 
hey, stop the stop the running backs on the way to the quarterback. I think that's kind of changed over the last couple of years because he realizes that they don't have that pass rush, so they got to get to third downs, and maybe they can manufacture a pass rush on third downs. But getting teams into long down and distances on third downs is really the goal anymore instead of you know really trying to get to the quarterback on first and second down. Um, let's move on. We're, we talked about Taco for too long. Let's talk about one of our guys, Stephen Paya. Uh, we talked about him on your show a while ago. Um, I remember making the bold prediction way back in like May that Pia was going to be out Cedric Thornton as the one technique. It seems like I might be right on that one. I don't know. Um, he didn't play a ton of snaps last week, but what do you think about him? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't even think it's a question. Like, yeah. I mean, he's definitely, in my mind, the starter. And, and, and I'm, I'm ready. I'm already to the point now where I'm talking about it that, I think that him and Malik Collins could potentially form a really difficult duo inside for teams. And, and, and that's one of the things I would say that I'm most looking forward to um, this weekend is, is to see these guys go against that Oakland interior trio. Because, uh, you know, obviously, you know, maybe outside of the Cowboys, just because they've got three above average guys and, you know, maybe they're center and guard combo isn't quite as good as ours, but the, the three, the it combined in, inside three is probably as good as whatever inside three we're going to end up with. Yeah, Jackson and Osamele um, are no joke. Those guys are, yeah, those guys no are huge doubt. guys. So so I think that this weekend is going to be a great test to see exactly what we've got in these two. And, and I tend to think that you know, everything I've seen at camp, especially during one-on-one drills, during team stuff, I mean, Paya's a beast. Like, he is just – I mean, first of all, his his explosive step is shocking because he's so stout, you know, looking. Um, but then, I mean, you know, because he's so powerful, once he's moving, like, once he's got momentum, it's it's tough to stop. And, 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 and by tough to stop, I mean I have personally witnessed Zach Martin on multiple occasions do that move where he gets his – where he settles in and, and just – Anchors, I, I, I have only seen Malik Conlon and Stephen Paya beat him when he does it. Like, when he can get into that spot, like, those are literally the only two human beings I've ever seen beat him in that. So, including Fletcher Cox. I mean, he, Fletcher, he has problems with Fletcher Cox at times, but when Fletcher Cox gets him in, in that spot and, and Martin can anchor, like, it's hard for – it doesn't work. But it does with Paya and Conlon. So, you know, I'm excited to see because they're, the thing that I love about it, and speaking of run defense, is that they're both quick and they're both powerful. I mean, Collins is a is a monster power player inside too. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what we have in the, uh, in the middle of this defense and what that you know what that means pushing that pocket back. What that means for some of these young defense ends, they they might have a lot easier time uh, getting to the quarterback than maybe they had in the previous years. Real quick, is Cedric Thornton a possible surprise cut by next week? I, you know, I was looking at, I was looking at that contract. I can't, I can't imagine that he is like, I, I mean, it's a lot of money to, to be on the books for and then not have a player. Right. Like I just, I mean, I understand that it wasn't a great contract and I, I tend to agree with your analysis that it was probably done with the idea that, that Rolando McClain is going to be your middle linebacker. But, uh, you know, I think at this point, He's a good locker room guy. You know, I think it's like Crawford, man. It's like, yeah, it's not a great, it's not a great deal. I mean, so you're not probably not getting what you out of the out of Thornton, which as you would have Craw- uh, Crawford. I I just feel like 
I think you need to eat one more year of this before you let it go. Because I, I think I, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I do. I think that you're going to end up saving a lot more money if you can just tolerate it this year, and then just and then then just maybe right. let them go next with and then replace them with maybe someone one of the down roster tackles or or just draft another guy next year. Right. I think if Joey Ivy or Jordan Carroll would have performed a little bit better in preseason, we probably would have been having this discussion. Uh, but I kind of agree. I think they're going to give Thornton one more season to prove that he was worth that deal. Um, one more quick uh, end real quick. Let's talk about Charles Tapper. Uh, I think he's one of the more intriguing guys on the roster because he does have that athleticism to be a right defensive end. But he's frustrating to watch because you can see his explosiveness and you can see his natural talent, but you just wonder if it's ever going to click. Did you Did you happen to watch Tapper? Do you have any thoughts on him? Yeah. I I know people are frustrated with him, and I think that you know, I get it because we it's we need like we need him to pan out like big time. Um, but I also think that you know he's making a lot of progress, and and I fit to be you know a lot like Taco. You know, it's like this is the thing that we're asking him to learn. It's a thing that he is going to learn overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. He's got to learn to throw pass rush moves against guys who have seen the best do it, and um, you know they have the they have the physical traits to do the job, and especially Tapper. I mean, he has he is you could design you couldn't design a better defensive end. I don't think uh, for this defense, especially a right defensive end. I mean, he's explosive. He's got strong hands. Like he has one. It's just he doesn't have the skill set to unleash his tools completely yet. I think, you know, he does certain things well. I think if you put him on line slants, uh, you know, he can get anything that gives him, sends him inside, he can get, uh, you can use the quickness and strength on guards and, and in tight spaces. He's really great on that. And I think that's going to be useful on stunts and twists and that sort of thing. I think right now people want to see results out of the guy from a straight pass rusher, you know, screaming out of a, out of a seven technique around the end of a, of a tackle. And I think, I think if you hope there to see progress, I think what you do is you go back to the week one when we were all complaining about how Charles Tapper, I mean week one, I mean preseason week one, you, you, you see when we all complained about Charles Tapper being on the ground constantly and, and go watch the Colts game. I mean, he wasn't getting the quarterback, but he also wasn't on the ground all the time. And I, and I think that that's just like uh, uh, Jonathan Cooper. Look, that's the same thing. Cooper, the first few weeks, he couldn't, he couldn't stay off, get, get off the ground. And then, and, and you know, now he's getting to the second level, and he's not hitting his target yet. He's just like you know, Tapper's not getting his sex yet, but he's he's made the progress where he's getting to the second level, and now the next step is hitting his target. And for Tapper, his next step is been and getting the sack. He got really close in, in the game a couple different times, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's, I think he's going to get there, and I going to be a player for us. And, and maybe he's not the ten sack guy, or maybe he's not ever that guy. But I think it's realistic to think he could be a. You know, six to eight sack. Who's also fantastic in the run, and that would be great to have. Yeah. So for me, I think he's going to be one of these guys that looks quite a bit different by the beginning of November and into Thanksgiving. I, I think. Yeah. He, I think the more he plays, the faster he's going to develop. It, you can obviously, like I said, you can see the talent, and I know. Again, this is kind of like just like Jalen Smith. This is his really his rookie season because he didn't do much at all last year. I don't think he participated in training camp at all, did he? 
Yeah, no, he he did some stuff early on. In fact, it played so well that he was a starter. Yeah, I think it was probably the the beginning of the second week of training camp. But he never he got he got, never got to a preseason game. That, that no, was, no, 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 he no, no, he never played a preseason right. game. Right. Um, it's just going to take some time. But the problem yeah. with Tapper is he could be forced into playing time before he's ready, and that's a little bit of the concern. You're just worried that if he has to play on week one against the Giants. He might be a little bit overmatched, but then again, <laughs> not a good. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's a fair point. I, I think me and you could get at least a pressure or hurry against Eric Flowers. Yeah, I'm, I can play the run against the Giants. I mean, <laughs> speaking of Eric Flowers, I just got to get this off my chest. Th- that guy oh, can boy, that boy. guy can hold on every single play and only gets called one a game. I don't understand. I mean, I know the NFL can't have oh, seven I, hour I, games. I understand that, but. He watched Richard. He watched Richard Sherman play cornerback one time, and that, I, that's that's what you do. I volume. Mean, no one can stop volume. No, no, <laughs> that's know? true. They, they they know that the games can't go on that long. All right, they call it on every play. That's yeah, true. Exactly. Last one, Orlando Skandrick. Um, I just want to touch on him him real quick. Early in camp, I had a scout tell me he was easily the best cornerback in camp. Uh, I, I think that's been proven true through the first couple games. I he's playing with outstanding confidence right now. You can see that he's healthy. Last year he was just a shell of himself, but I mean Marinelli's even he's not afraid to bring him on blitzes in the preseason. Uh, what do you think of camp, of uh, Skandrick so far through training camp and the preseason? Uh, I mean, I, I, Skandrick's fantastic. I mean, I think you can't have enough uber athletic smart guys in your defensive backfield and uh, I think we need several and I think that's fantastic and uh, I think once Jadobe gets back on the field you're going to have three really athletic, really smart football guys on the field um, and, and so I think Skandrick, you know, is he looks to me like he's moving around a ton more, with, with a ton more confidence which is you know really the key with a guy like him is he the same 2014 Skandrick? I don't, I don't know that he's necessarily that but I mean, I think what you get, even with a lesser version, he's still insanely fast. He's got great quickness. Um, and he is so, you know, football IQ smart. Like he, you know, I, I point on another podcast, the, that play where the uh, backed up on the like three yard line, I think it was, and Skandrick faked a blitz mm-hmm. and the quarterback audible out of the play and Skandrick realizing that the jig was up and that the, that they recognized what was happening, turned around, told, told Jones to scoot up because Jones was supposed to fill his spot when blitz and take the, the that he was abandoning. And then at the snap, instead of blitzing, took two steps towards the quarterback, flattened out a passing lane because he knew that the hot route was going to be a smoke to his slot guy. So and basically tipped the ball in the air and almost got a pick six for a touchdown. Fantastic. But I mean that's the kind of thing. Like I mean, it's so bang bang that if you didn't know what you were looking at, you wouldn't recognize what that is. But he does stuff like that all the time, where he makes a play because he spent that extra time kind of studying what's going on, and his in his explosion and quickness is allowing him to do it. I agree that he's definitely the best corner on the team, and, and probably will be for a little bit some of these other guys develop and, 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 and I think that's okay because I think again you have all these guys who are kind of extremely versatile in, you know Scandrick's an inside outside player smart so you know you know can you use them in a bunch of different ways and he understands the concepts that he's involved with so he understands how he fits and how everyone else fits in the defense and that's really really powerful stuff when you talk about team defense 
I love his cocky attitude. He, he's one of these guys. He's a yeah. he, he's got the perfect mentality for a cornerback. He can get beat, you know, three times in a row, and he's confident he's going to make the next play. He has a pretty short memory, and he, you see this in practice all the time. He goes up against Des on nearly every snap, and Des beats him pretty often. But he's not afraid to. Yeah. Uh, he's not, he's not afraid to mix it up with Des. He's not afraid to trash talk with Des. He's not scared of Des. So. I love that matchup in camp. I love watching it. Um, I th- as long as Skandrick is in their secondary, they're going to be okay because he's he is really the leader of that group. They'll be fine. Any other players you want to mention or touch on real quick? I mean, just that uh, Byron Jones is is. I mean, he is about to light the whole world on fire. This I is, really. This do is his that. Pro Bowl year, right? I, I absolutely. I, he is just. It's hard to it's hard to put into words what he's doing in camp. I mean, he's covering. He, he I mean, you know, I, I, it's widely talked about how he covered Cole the other day in practice, and he cheated it, on that just, drill. He he held Cole the whole time. Don't but, even but give him that one. That, but that's but that's okay. Like <laughs> no, fine. I mean, like that that's NFL defense nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Like being able to subtly hold. And so uh, listen, I think I think the world of Byron Jones, I, and I think that I mean, every time I look around in camp, he was making a hole. More more than Lee at times, and it, it, it's crazy. So I, I'm I'm excited to see what he has in store for us this year. Yeah, I won't be shocked if he is a All Pro candidate this year. I mean, he's just so talented, and you can see yeah. now that he finally has a role, like, like a solid role on this team. He's going to flourish and as this free safety that can come down in the box. I, that might be the most impressive thing about him so far in the preseason is his tackling. Holy cow, did he get better at tackling. Yeah. His angles yes, and his did. physicality has drastically improved since his rookie season. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he clearly worked on it a lot because it's just, I mean, it's his, he fills so quickly now in a way that he, he pulls the trigger and he doesn't think twice anymore. And it's and it's it's a beauty to watch because his athleticism is it's it's really second to none. Maybe a team, and maybe in the world. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's one of those guys. He's a three he's got athlete. incredible athleticism. Yeah. yeah, he really is. Yeah. All right, that's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier and Landon at McCool BTB. Uh, on tomorrow's show, we're going to be previewing the upcoming game against the Raiders. We'll talk about some of the interesting matchups and players to watch. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.